what's up everybody welcome back to sizing up i'm your host jack the speck and i am here on this episode with a very very special guest it's one guy i've been wanting to get on the podcast for a while now and you know it's it's truly um exciting to have him on so i'm gonna go ahead and uh let them introduce themselves so go ahead hey everybody this is nike md uh Giantess creator, I guess. I just used to be, you know, uh, editor like for photos, but doing all types of stuff now. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely cool to see. Um, like, I, I know you've been around in the community for a hot minute now. Like, um, like when I was talking to B, he was telling me that you guys, uh, little B, he he said you guys go like way way back. So I know you guys have been. Um, let's just say OGs in the community for a, a while now. So yeah, dude, w- welcome to the podcast. And uh, like I said, I'm excited to have you. No, definitely. Thanks for having me, man. It's, it, it's been a while. Like you see, so it's, it's wild to see all the people that, um, that like when you first get started, like particularly from giant to city, who's made the transition over to like, it's been crazy to see what that, what that transition has been like. Cause like for a while there, like that was the only place and maybe a couple other forums and stuff and maybe a few other sites back in the day where you were finding this type of content. And now it's like, it's gone like mainstream may be too strong of a word, but it's, 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 it's been more open given that it's on social media now and you see it in more popular, uh, you know, movies, TVs and stuff like that. I don't think it's like mainstream yet though. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I would also say, the evolution of uh, where it's at now compared to where it was, say, from Giant to City, which is crazy to think that was at least like ten plus years ago. So, oh yeah, um, the fact that as you know, time has gone on, not only the tools and making these sort of this content has evolved, but you know, just seeing how it's not exactly mainstream as you said and i feel like that's a good line to like tell because like you like the evolution of this entire fetish space overall um it's different because i i agree with you it used to be in this little obscure corner of the internet as i like to say and it's just um all taken off and evolved into you know it's it's not quite mainstream yet but it's oh it's a lot bigger it's a lot bigger in present than it's ever been that I could recall. So it's definitely awesome to uh, see how it, it's evolved and came up. And, you know, it's cool that things like, you know, having a podcast for the thing overall is exciting too. So um really gra- glad to have you and uh, I will get right into it. So um, what was your fo- first exposure to um, Giantess content? What re- really got you into it? Would that be a movie? Um, TV show, uh, what really got you into it? Um, I think I don't like, and I always do this. I don't know if it's like a a chicken and an egg thing. I think it, you know, like it's it's hard because like I don't know if it's something that we always have, mm-hmm. you know. And then like you see something, and then like it, or 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 that you see something, and like at a young age, and it kind of like sparks something in you and then and then you have it or you've had it and then you see something and you're like oh I didn't know that, that I was into this so like for me it was for, for a lot of people particularly a lot of people around my age it was the that Attack of the 50 Foot Woman movie with uh, Daryl Hannah back in the day man ah uh, yeah when I was a kid like it was I was young because I was born in 87 I'm 35 I was born in 87 so mm-hmm. when that came out I was like six and I think I didn't see it till I was a little bit older because like I think because we didn't have cable, man. We was broke when I was when I was younger. So <laughs> I don't think we so. saw it until it hit Fox. I remember seeing the promos when it hit Fox, you know, one of just the normal channels. And like it just was like, yo, like it, it was it was like a lightning rod. Like I knew from the jump, like that was it. So like from then, you know, like it was just me kind of like thinking about stuff. It was me actually, like, even for a while, like I was just making collages just with like magazine cutouts bro like before i had access to a computer with like any type of software man because like it's hard to think about now because like we were just talking about social media the content is so prevalent like you just you even have just like vanilla or like normie chicks 
like on TikTok making like POV giantess things. Well, definitely. Know, just because they because they're trying to get some clout. They don't really even understand what it is. So like it's so weird to think about back then when I was younger, how crazy it was to get content like that to the point where like you you were just making cut cutouts out of a magazine to get anything close to that you had seen before. Cause like back then there was no DVR. There was, you know, like the VHS, you'd have to actually get that tape when you're a kid. Like yep. <laughs> everything you're buying is like coming through your parents. So like my mom was so like, you know, asking my mom for it at that time. Like I didn't really, you know, I thought about it as a sexual thing. So like, it wasn't something that I was going to ask my mom to go buy this tape for me. Right. And then like, you know, so like <laughs> you, just, you had your imagination and you had whatever you had like with you, bro. So, you know, it was, it's, it's weird to think about it now. And I was talking to somebody else about this. It's like, yo, it's so like all there's so much content out here that it's almost like ridiculous that people are complaining about not having content, you know, or, or saying there's not enough content or like going to people and like and, and shaming people that they're not putting on enough stuff when there's literally content everywhere. When you think about when I was, you know, even a teenager, like internet was around, but like the websites, it, it wasn't like it was today. So like it was mm -hmm. maybe a few different websites that had this type of stuff there wasn't like no giantess membership website or anything like that you know and social media wasn't around yet so like you just didn't get all you didn't have all this content so it's just crazy to me thinking about that time when i saw my first things that kind of sparked it and then when we first got the internet me you know starting to search out and find all this other stuff that really like took me on this journey me like in the early me and like the like me in like the 2010s um like, you know, starting to actually do it like on a computer myself, which is weird. Pretty nuts, man. It's pretty nuts. Um, just just overall, like you were saying earlier, like the range of uh and I do I do agree it's ridiculous when someone says there's not enough content out here or and it's like there's an a, there's an access of content every freaking where, man. Like I, I I find it shocking that someone says there's nothing good out here. I said, there, there is a lot, like you have options. You have all sorts of different people with different skill sets, creating giants content, not just, you know, visual, but some people would do like audio stories. Some people like, like write stories, man. So like, you know, like, I feel like we're in the golden age of giants content. Oh, hundred percent, man. It's just getting in I think it's just going to go on for a while in terms of, like you're saying, like being in the golden age of it because there's so much out there now, tools that are out there now that are free too, mm -hmm. that people are using. And like, I think the thing that I see the most, I see some people making like some crazy stuff using free tools like Blender and stuff. That's why I even got in a Blender was because it, it, there's so much you can do with it for free that like, it's um, it's like five different programs in one. Yeah, like making content. Whether you're talking about video and or photo content, like I'm starting, I'm gonna starting to make like some giantess photo edits with with Blender as well. You know, just because of the the possibility. So it's like, I think we're just right at the beginning of it in terms of you have so many different types of people depending on what like your size kink is, whether it's male, female, trans, you know, whatever. Right. There, there are people who are out there who are making content. But then also those same people who are out there willing to collab with other people who don't have the same skill set they have. So like, I think we're just like scratching the surface of what's going to be coming out. But then also like we're scratching the surface on people learning how to monetize it, mm -hmm. and do it for so they can do it out. You know, outside of just I'm just doing this when I'm not at work or I'm only doing this when I'm not you know spending time with the fam or whatever. So like. I think that's the next step where people finding ways to actually monetize it and sustain them. Cause there's a couple people out there that like, they do this every once in a while, but like you can tell, like if you, if they actually had some real time, like they would be making some crazy stuff. Oh, definitely, man. But like, shout out to that. Like, I, I feel like that, like, I feel like you're the greatest example of that. Cause um, I know that like, be like you're shooting almost every week and uh just about yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm like man it has to be awesome being able to take something like this and make it full time and uh just for that alone being able to monetize it and actually 
make a living from it is incredible. And um, that I'm sure for yourself has had to be a crazy, but very um, a crazy journey, but it has to be very gratifying in a way for yourself, man. Like going into that work, putting in that work and going into the work itself is one thing, but being able to parlay that into just monetizing it in a way where you're able to live off of it is incredible. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy it was a crazy journey, and I want to say one uh, well, a couple things on that because like I think sometimes people get twisted, like the good like you know for good sake or for bad sake in terms of like how that happened for me specifically, but how that happens is generally right because like not everybody can do it the way that I did it. I mean, when I say it that way, I'm not even talking about like whether you're you, you're making good stuff or not because there's tons of people out there making good stuff. It's just like I'm single, meaning I don't have a family. Um, I don't got no wife. I don't got no kids. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, just a string of girlfriends over the past six months. But that's a whole <laughs> different story. Right. Uh, so, like, I don't have any, like, huge financial commitments. So, like, when I left my uh, – when I started pairing away from my other job, I was also a contract worker who did video editing mm-hmm. stuff like that before this. And I made a transition from being a personal trainer or whatever into that. So, like – I had control of my hours. I controlled how much I made. I controlled how much I worked. And then when I wanted to do this full time, I just literally just went all in. It wasn't like, all right, like I'm a piece by piece this. I went all in in terms of I'm going to get super lean in my expenses. I moved out of like the two bedroom apartment that I was in. It was like 1,100 or like 1,200 square feet. I moved right. down to just a, a one bedroom, small ass two room fucking apartment. So it right. was super cheap. And I literally spent all my excess money on shooting with models, on buying gear, like to the point where like, you know, I was working with one of my buddies who had a meal prep company and I was working with him just so I didn't have to spend money on groceries and shit. So like I was doing all that shit. And um, I got super, super lean and I was able to accelerate that process instead of doing it piece by piece. I was able to just kind of dig deep into it and work on it while I wasn't working on my vanilla editing stuff. And then after a while, you know, it built up that way. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I, I had a dove into it. So I wanted to put that out there for people who are, I just made some sacrifices that my situation allowed me to make. Not everybody can make the same sacrifices made just based on right. what the commitments are. So I want, I always want to make sure I get that out there. Cause I don't think I talk about that enough. And I think people just think they either can't do it or they may be able to do what I did, but then they're not realizing like, the situation I was in that allowed me to do it because if I was in a different situation, I don't think I'd have been able to do this the way that I did it. Well said, man. And I, and I do feel, I, I feel like that's one thing that people need to understand. Like everyone's going to have their different paths to, you know, overall success okay. and how they do things, you know? And, you know, it, it takes a lot to really just ease into something like this, like for myself, um, I told people when I started making my content is you have to really just think about how you're going to be able to one, dedicate the time and efforts to making this content in the first place, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it takes, and it takes a lot of work and effort to really just go all in on it and, like you were saying before, some people can't just go ahead and go all in right away because, you know, situations are different. Um, circumstances are different. And like I told people, like, you know, I'm currently I'm taking a hiatus from making the content because, you know, there are other things I have to take care of in my life. And mm-hmm. most of all, I just don't want to get burnt out. That was my yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So I think people need to realize it's important to take care of yourself in this whole process as well. Oh, yeah. And you got to know your tolerance. Because, like, when I first started, I didn't know what my tolerance was for extended periods of creating things. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I had a schedule that I just made out of random that I just thought would be good to, you know, to be posted up on my Patreon. And then I started getting into a rhythm of what I thought I could make. And um, the other thing I do, too, is I'm super community. I try to be as communicative as I can with the people on the Patreon. It's like, yo, there's some weeks where like 
I put on the schedule like I was going to make two edits, and it just didn't happen that week. And I'm just like, hey, they're coming next week. And then I, you know, I do my best to do it to do it that way. But I, the thing I learned over this 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 almost year and a half period now of doing of doing the Patreon was, um, I'm always going to have energy for shoots because I genuinely like love all the models I work with, and we got good relationships. So that's that's basically just hanging out with like a friend, like for three hours or so. That's awesome. Energy for that, and I always got energy for like creating stuff because I was super. I was very, very fortunate to work with some really special women who are engaged in the process. So it's not just me saying, "Okay, do this, do that," and they're just doing what I'm saying. Like it's all right. Like a couple times I've come, like, yo, and this happened with two models specific. It happened with Sunday a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, yeah, like. We need. I need to get some content. We did a lot of the stuff that we did before this, you know, that I was going to, because we had missed part of the shoot uh, last time we shot. So this, sh- this shoot I'm talking about now, it was a continuation of that one. I was like, all right, like I don't have too many more ideas than when we did, but I told her we were going to shoot that day. And I didn't right. miss out on the money that she was expecting. And she was just like, you know what? Let me handle it. And then she set up everything on, in one of the photo sets we did. Cause I had some videos I needed to get done and then like right. I had some time left. And you know, I was like, I was like the video set we did, we did photos for last time and I needed to get photos again. And she was, and I was like, yo, I don't know how I'm going to make these photos different from the last one. She's like, don't worry about it. She just set this whole scene up and we did it. She had all the posing and everything. And you know, a lot of the models are like that. Some of them are like, all right, like I got this idea, let's do this. Or I'll have an idea. And then, I'm always open to suggestions. So like I'll have it some way and then um, they'll suggest a different way or a way that they think it'll be to make it better. And then we'll just go with that and use it. So it's, it's not as draining a process as it probably would be if they weren't engaged. So like it, I always have energy for that. So that's why I always keep maybe about, I usually do maybe four shoots within a two week period, Mm -hmm. um, maybe five. And then, um, you know, I'm editing the rest of the time and the editing is something that I just do. I built a schedule for myself that I know I can get these many photo sets done a week. I can maybe get this many edits. I know I can get this type of video done this week and roll because my biggest thing is I want you to feel like you're getting enough content for your subscription. I can't help whether you're going to like the content that's coming out. Cause like there's a ton of people that I got to please. There's usually an average of maybe like 550 people a month that that stay subscribing to the next month. Right. So like I can't please every single person. And then I usually get an extra a hundred to 150 who sign up during that month. So I can't please that the all extra hundred, the all 150. So like I try to put out, you know, content. I think people like, I ask people to make suggestions, stuff like that. But the thing I can control is how much content I'm putting out each, each week and to make you feel like you're not, you know, you're, you're getting enough for your money. Cause I hate being a part of any type of subscription service and you're you're putting out money and you feel like you're not getting your money's worth. That's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> and I feel that. Um, and I guess that's a level of commitment to yourself that you're trying to hit. And like you said, you're, you're always trying to keep the, um, your, the patrons in mind. And I, I think that's important for everyone to understand, like, um, you, you want to be fair to them, of course, and also set those expectations yep. for, um, yourself too. So it's a very delicate juggling act, I would say. Yeah, it, it is. It, it was at first. Now it's not so much. Cause I kind of know what I can do. And I always had to make this, my content schedule semi-aggressive in terms of it's right up to the limit. I think I can do. Because mm-hmm. I enjoy this content. I enjoy working with the models. I enjoy the editing process for the most part so much that if I didn't put myself to a set schedule, then it would become problematic in terms of I would either get burnt out because I'm doing too much. Right. Or I would um, get a little lackadaisical and think, since this is all fun, like most fun activities when people when things aren't structured, you're just doing it when you feel like it. And sometimes when you feel like it may not be enough content or the content may not be, you know, up to par. So like 
I needed to make it like a job because it is my job where, you know, there are days, there are days during your regular job that you go in and you just don't feel like doing this certain thing. And there are days when I sit at the editing table, I don't feel like editing this certain thing, but I got right. it it's on the list and I had to make it that way for myself because if I made it any looser or I treated it any other way than me personally, like then it, it would be too erratic. It would be too sporadic in terms of when I felt like making something, I would make something. If I, when I didn't feel like making something, I wouldn't make something. But then that, you know, has an adverse effect on the people who are subscribing when they don't know what's coming, you know, right. or they don't know when to expect, or they don't know what to expect for their money, then, you know, you're going to lose a lot of people. That's fair. That's fair. And, and that's good that you have that process to go through, which is awesome. So um, definitely some good stuff for people who are looking to, um, you know, monetize this through this and really just keep in mind that you're able, you got to do what you can within your ability. Yep. And, you know, it's just all about making sure you know what you're providing and what you can provide, you know? Definitely. Definitely. And it, that takes trial and error. It took a long time for me. It wasn't like day one, I knew. <laughs> I mean, like it, right. it took, it took maybe the better part of that, the, the better part of the half the first half of that year, like a half a year, about six to six to eight months for me to figure that out. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Hey, I mean, not, not everyone's going to be able to, I just suddenly snap and tap into that. And it's, it's usually not that easy. If it were, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Oh, hundred percent. And just like I said, it's like, the things that people don't realize, whether when they beat themselves up about it or they um, or they're trying to compare themselves up to someone else is like your situation. Situations are different. So, like, you can't apply the same methodology to how someone got somewhere or why someone is where they're at without taking into account what their situation was. Like I told you about what my situation was at that time. Cool. You got to put in situation, your skill set your temperament for doing this type of work. Um, and then like how willing you are to, to find that structure and that the structure is right for you within the time you have within the situation and the responsibilities that you have. Cause like for me, it was almost like creating it out of a blank slate because, you know, I didn't have anything that I needed to be doing outside of when I first started the contract work I was doing, which was kind of flexible. Right. I needed to, to do, I needed to put a certain amount of hours in for that contract work, but I could move those hours around and those days around. It was all dependent on whether I had to shoot on location that day for the company I was working for, or, you know, when they needed a certain thing to be edited or done by, like, you know, so like that's different from someone who's working a nine to five where they got to be in this building for like eight hours. That's away from everything else they're doing. So if you're doing that eight hours a day, it's hard to find time for shoots. It's hard to find time to, to, you know, to edit. It's hard to find time to do all this type of stuff that, that you have to do on top of you being active and present somewhere else for eight whole hours. And now you're tacking on even more time and it's, you know, it, it can lead to burnout. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I, I feel that 100%. That, I mean, that's kind of what um, I, I'm going through right now because, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm a supervisor at an airport, so that's already taxing enough. Um, so coming back home or having the time and energy sometimes, that like, the want is there, but, like, you know, body's like, well, you need the rest because you, you have to deal with hearing airplane in my ear all day. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, I kind of, I kind of don't want to like strain my um, senses. I already have airplanes in my ears. I already have to, now I have to go back and, you know, try to get the energy to do that. And it's a balancing act and I'm still, you know, trying to figure that out. And since I, I mean, I started um, a year and a half ago, and so I'm still, I still feel like I'm trying to figure out this whole thing for myself too. And, you know, um, I know at one point I thought I had to keep myself to an obligation. Like I got to get something out every day, every day, every day. And, you know, when I started pressuring myself like that, I realized I wasn't having as much fun with it. Yeah, and that'll definitely, that'll definitely drain. Doing something every day 
when you got a when you got a full time job as well, like yeah, that'll 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 suck it out of you. Oh yeah, de- definitely. I, I felt that, and quickly I said, well, I don't want this to be a point where it's going to be. I don't want this to never not be fun for me. Yeah. And um, for me, I've been learning in my process that, you know, it's going to allow me to come to this making content in a way better fashion, not as something that's a, um, how can I put it? Something that is not like an inconvenience or like, oh, I have to do this. I, I want to come to it like, I'm excited to do this. Like, oh hell yeah, let's make let's make some let's make some content. So um that's always like the toughest um thing that I think people don't realize. Like you have to be able to balance it to where you're not I'm not I don't want to say I'm not 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 giving it proper focus, but over focusing on it to where you're going to make it seem like it's like treat it like a job but don't put so much pressure on yourself to make it not enjoyable for yourself. And I, I feel like that's the number one thing that people do often forget. Yeah. Yeah. You got, even in that, you got to find a balance between um, the enjoyment and the, the, I got to do this even if I don't feel like it right now, mm-hmm. because it's like, there, there's a balance in that as well. Cause there's gonna there are there are whole weeks that I don't feel like making nothing. Like I, mean, I, don't, feel, I, don't, I don't feel like doing anything. And like even right. when I'm not, even when I'm not, you know, even even after I, I went full time with this, but you got to sit yourself at the desk and you got to do it. I think the key is and and how you can tell the difference between whether it's I'm not ha- taking joy in this, like it's not making me happy, and the, diff- the difference between that and the difference between I just don't feel like it right now is like how you feel after you're doing stuff like that. Cause like if you, if you've made something and you didn't feel like doing it, but you did it. And then during the process of it, you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm getting into it. Uh, and when you're done, you're like, Oh, I'm glad I did that. This is cool. Blah, 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 blah. There's a difference between that when you're burning yourself out and you just force yourself to do something, you're hating it the whole entire time. <laughs> and then after it, you just don't even look at it no more. You post it and you just go, somewhere else and do something else like uh you know like there, there there's differences in it because like there are like on the weeks i was like making something as soon as i start making making it i feel better i get that sense of accomplishment you know that i'm into it that i push through it on during the times when i was burning myself out because there was a little bit of overlap where i was doing a little bit too much on both ends and it's just like i was just hating everything like I, when i get done i'd just be done like i, I wouldn't even go chill i just go to sleep like i just, I just like, <laughs> like i don't even want to look at this i don't even want to touch it and and i kind of know when i'm approaching burnout when it's i like that when i when i feel like all right i'm just over all of this right now like even mm-hmm. if i'm forcing myself to do something i'm just over everything i know all right it's time for me to just to, to do something to recharge oh yeah man uh i can't i can't tell you sometimes where i've been in positions um when i'm coming out with uh because i've been telling myself recently that you know i want to at least provide um um at least three at least three uh like mini clips for my uh patrons to appreciate you know mm-hmm. and uh you know there was some point where i wasn't doing enough and someone says well um someone pointed out like well i don't like I don't feel like you're not providing enough. Um, what makes this so different from the stuff you post on? I mean, so I remember like someone called me out, like, all right, I need some bang for my buck. Like mm-hmm. your content on Instagram, Twitter, what may have you, whatever is on there free is good, but we just want more of that. And I feel like I'm getting, I'm just paying for the same stuff you would see on my on your regular pages like why should i give you a subscription for that and you know i started to realize that and it's also what's driven me to like try to up my uh, game within you know doing this content um but yeah i was like well i want to start getting into the facets of like actually shooting with a model and directing and doing that because i feel like that's a whole nother layer as opposed to someone just sending me a clip 
and editing in that way. Like nothing wrong with that, but the, it's not, it's not the, um, it just doesn't give me the itch or the vision I would like to see, you know, but. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely get that. that. That was the, that was a change for me. Cause that's essentially what I did with photos for almost the entirety of the time that I've been on Instagram. Like, the majority of my photos on on my IG page, and I think there's like over 900 or something. I may I may be shooting a little high, but at least over 700, I think of them there. Right. Those were like collabs uh, for the most part where people were sending me photos. And then um, when I was doing FinDom graphics and stuff on Twitter and they were paying me, it was um, it was the same thing. You know, I was getting paid but it was still stuff they were sending me. And now more recently on this, on, on IG, like a lot of the ones that I'll post up are paid commissions, but it's the same thing where they're sending it to me. And yeah, once you've done that for a while, it's like, all right, like I, what's the next step? And that's kind of what drove me to start taking my own pictures was I needed to do something else. Like I needed to, to push to make my content better. And um, that was the next step for me. It was scary as hell when I first started it. I didn't know what mm-hmm. the hell I was doing. I got super lucky that I connected with some models locally that were super into what I was doing and they were really patient with me. And we did just like trade, you know, collab shoots. So I, I didn't really have to go, come out of pocket other than maybe a, the location that we were shooting at. Right. And they gave me all the time in the world. So I got super, super lucky that way. And um, it helped me kind of build the confidence to continue to do that which in turn, you know, starts to make your work better because now you're getting confidence to show on this new level. And then you keep pushing it. You keep getting better, um, you know, before I start Because I was shooting for maybe like a year and a half before I started a Patreon. So it was all just my own money. And um, I just was buying gear, you know, going on YouTube, doing tutorials, learning how to use the gear, learn, how, learn, learn new techniques. And when you're doing new stuff, you're outside your comfort zone, for me particularly, like mm-hmm. that, keeps me excited that's why i'm always trying to do new stuff because like it keeps me going it keeps me motivated to keep doing stuff i can get if i'm bored then my, i lose motivation super quick like if i'm right. doing the same stuff over and over again the same you know the same kind of things like i was just getting bored with doing edits that were sent by other people like no matter how good the photos were it was just like yeah but this isn't my vision Right, exactly. It's 50-50 or it's 70-30 because it all depends on the type of photo they take. So um, no matter how descriptive I am with what I'm telling them to do in the photo and all that stuff, it's still that. So, you know, just it added a whole new whole new layer, man. Definitely, for sure. And I, I feel like every um, creative in general gets to that point where you've done, you were doing the same thing for a while and you're like, okay, there has to be some sort of natural progression where this can continue building and going forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, I, I think that's important for every creative to have that. Cause at some point you're like, well, I need to, I, you, there should be a natural want to get better and want to take this to, you know, a whole nother level. And if you allow yourself to do that, you'll be amazed to see what you can come up with. And, Oh yeah, man, it will scary. Um, it's scary. I remember when I first shot shot with um, Pogzilla, and I wasn't sure how it was gonna go, how shot, how overall shooting in general was gonna go, and um, luckily it turned out pretty good. Um, but you know, I, I tell people like the first thing in doing, the first thing in getting better at something is just by doing. Um, mm-hmm. Because because you're not going to be good at it at first. You're going to you're going to suck at it. I mean, everyone sucks at something before they get good at it, and it's important to recognize that. So, um, it's cool to hear that coming from you. Like you gone through that process, and you were you know nervous to get into it, but um, it's worked out great for greatly for you as your work has shown. And like um, it's awesome to just see that process just for you continue to go in the direction it has. So, shout out to that. Um, is there any specific, um, I'm trying to see, is there any specific aspect of the giantess fetish you like a lot, whether that be like, um, like the crush, maybe crush vor, um, unaware POV. Is there any specific aspect that like you like, um, within the fetish itself? 
Um, in terms of just like that type of content, like I'm not the biggest crush guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do enjoy POV when it's done well. Mm-hmm. Some people do it, you know, better than others. It's probably like one of my favorite like ways of of experiencing content. But mm-hmm. um, it's really been a mix, man, because the thing that I've been getting into that I'm trying that I'm going to be getting into is a lot more handheld stuff. Um, of course, like the foot worship stuff, because that's kind of how I got, you know, that's the other fetish I have. But um, it's, it's, I like that feeling. Cause like when you get that, that, that nice handheld, when it's like a, when it's not in that first person view outside of POV, like it really gives you the sense of scale. Like, Oh yeah. I did a video recently I think not this week, the video released this week, it was the video released last week on the Patreon with Sunday, where she was like, it was her ex-boy, it was, it was her ex-boyfriend that was trying to break up with her, and he, you know, shrank while he was doing it, and she had picked him up, and she was just like, berating him, and that tight shot with that handheld, it shows the size differential and the power dynamic right. really well to me, like it translates visually to me really well, so that's when something I'm getting into a lot. I did a very similar, I did something similar with, with Sonny that we filmed before. I think my next step is now that I'm getting into blender a little bit more is, is, is adding some special effects, handheld stuff where they're, they may be holding like a green screen, not a green screen, but like a green prop that, you know, has a tracking dot or something on it. So I can track that easily and, and, and track the motion there and put that in there enroll because that's probably what I'm getting into more so than anything else is because when you film that right it gives you that power dynamic I like the mix of like a POV-ish angle with a prop or with some special or with a special person like in that same video that I was just Mm -hmm. talking about there's a scene where she has her feet up on the table and the camera's low with the actual prop person as well so it makes you feel like you're there with him and, and doing it. So I like the mix. I like the mix of those different elements together when it's just because like if it's a top down shot or it's a um a straight on shot a lot of the times, it just makes you feel like you're on the same level with the actress or the model who's in it. Right. For me, like I want the visual feeling of being smaller than that person as well as maybe a visual representation on screen to show how big they are in relation to everything else in the scene. So that's, that's probably the thing that gets me the most. And I've been doing, I'm playing around with that with some foot fetish stuff as well with some old footage I got that I'm editing and like some new stuff and a nice. custom I've been working on two customs I've been working on that are pretty complicated and extensive. I think they're both like over seven minutes long. And one of them is like a micro, crush where it's just Kate and different things where it's just unaware micro crush and then at the end like she realized she notices that there's like one person left or something and there's some handheld in there there's some there, there's a lot going on in that one it's taking a while to, to even learn how to do I even had to get like a whole new fucking rig like I had to get through the actually through Patreon to help me get this um all the, the Patreon scripts help me buy this super power PC with an insane graphics card that I'm rendering stuff on now and it's just like blazing fast. It makes that process way easier, man. So that's awesome. It's 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 the mix of different things that I think I'm into more than just one thing personally and in the work that I'm doing, if that answers the question. Oh yeah, no, most definitely it did. I I I totally understand just being able to use all sorts of different um tools and elements to really solidify one aspect and um I, I I I love POV as well. I, I feel like that that grand feeling of scale and com- size comparison overall is just incredible. Mm-hmm. So like that's right. It's 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 awesome. You got a, a wide angle lens or a wide angle view what you're doing, and you really get the environment so you can see the size of the person or the or whatever you're focusing on with that. It, it, that's when it that that's when it feels right to me. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, going off of that, I definitely wanted to um, talk with you about uh, one of your recent um, 
sets that the the war POV with Sonny. Um, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I'm I have it up on my uh, laptop right now, and like, dude, I like the detail in her tongue alone is incredible. So, like, what was that whole process like for you guys just coming up with that and just like it coming out the way it did? Um, so I think the thing that people don't realize is how much like light plays a factor into capturing detail. Um, it's something I had to learn. Uh, I had to learn the importance of and the necessity of. So it's essentially, and I'm actually pulling it up here so I can look at it myself so I can kind of run through it. Um, it's essentially me putting a, uh, a strobe flash. And for people who don't know what a strobe flash is, it's, People know like on a like you know like a like a thirty five millimeter camera or like a full frame camera, and they've seen like a in a flash you attach to the top and that's your traditional type of flash. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a strobe that's 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 unattached, so it's a powerful one. Like the regular light bulb that may light your house is like seventy or eighty watts or sixty to eighty watts sometimes to give you right. how much light it's given off. Um, a lot of the LEDs and ring lights people have are usually around that, maybe lower. Um, what you need to get a lot of detail if you're using a full frame camera, depending on your setting, we didn't have natural daylight. So I had a strobe flash to, that, that puts out 200 watts. And um, I use a soft box to soften the light. So it's not that harsh light that you get when you see a flash when there's not, no modifier on it. So I have a soft box modifier that I put it in. And I just get it real close to her face, so it feel so it feels, you know, the entirety. It wraps her face in some in light, so you can get a lot of that detail. And then um, I get the camera super close. I think I had a twenty millimeter lens with it to give you perspective. The lower the millimeter, the wider the lens is. Most cell phone cameras are somewhere between like ten to fourteen when they get wide angle. Um, mm-hmm. the pros, I think, are somewhere between 10 to 14 in terms of their wide angle before they use the software to do super wide angle, like their actual lens is, is, is wide angle. So we'll use my 20 with that and the camera settings I used. I keep my ISO super low so there's not a lot of, um, you know, noise and like, you know, uh, artifacts in the picture. I use a, use a relatively low, lowish shutter speed to try to get more light in there. And, um, I use a a relative a, a mid to high range f stop so I can get more detail, mm-hmm. you know, further in depth, depth of field. So essentially, what you're seeing is just a soft box is super close off to her left a little bit. I'm literally underneath the soft box with that with the camera, and I have her wrap her hands around the lens. So it looks like she's holding you in her hands, and then she just keeps getting her mouth closer and closer to the lens as it goes. But with the camera settings, the light setup. You know, you you pull all that detail in there, and um, I just I purchased a a fourteen millimeter, which is even wider that I did some POV shots with uh, over Very the last nice. two weeks that haven't dropped yet. A couple of them have dropped on the Patreon with Sunday. I think Sunday was the first model I shot with them, but I got some um, some more handheld, you know, and some more um, for I got some handheld foot worship stuff too with that lens. It's pretty cool that I shot with Sunday yesterday too. And some stuff with Anastasia. This is going to be pretty dope, but it's mainly the light and the lens because I shoot with Sony cameras, Sony lenses. Because as far as I'm concerned, Sony lenses give you the best bang for your buck in terms of how high the quality is with those things. Like they're mm-hmm. not super expensive as far as like pro level lenses go, um, and the the quality of the glass is so freaking nice. So you can get super sharp images low distortion when you're going wide angle for like a relatively cheap price for a lens like the the 14 millimeter i bought which is a grandmaster lens which is a, a pro level lens that thing was like 1500 dollars. i think mm. maybe that same type of lens in a nikon me going to like the 2500s oh wow that is a massive difference yeah yeah that that's that's pretty dope my goodness my goodness um, but yeah, I, I just, I mean, overall, I just love how, like, I just love, like, how close it, it, that feeling of being that close. 
Like that's how I would anticipate my vision would be just, you know, Sonny's face being entirely like there. And, you know, they're like, no matter where I turn or look, she's going to be in my field of vision. And that that's really incredible. So, um, overall, very cool stuff, man. Very cool stuff. Um, how do you feel like the evolution of the um, fetish has come a long way from it going from being on forums to, I guess you could say this social media boom and age that we, we are in right now. Like, um, how do you feel about that whole entire process and where we are now with it? Cause you know, looking back at it and seeing how we've gone from just finding little clips of media from like, I remember my first interactions outside of media was going on the internet and finding YouTube, um, the YouTube links to watch the Giants' own trailers. So, (laughs) so seeing coming from that, um, coming from there and then seeing seemingly, you know, a lot of creators in, um, models themselves, you know, making these videos and media that is just readily available to, um, view. It, it's crazy. Um, it kind of feels like IG is a, a whole different app with that aspect, you know? So I feel like our social media, the social media we use today takes on a whole different meaning when it's specifically tailored, um, tailored to a kink or fetish, but like how, how, what what's your thoughts on that like entire different shift that we've been experiencing for the past uh, five to I want to say at least um, we'll say ten years because I feel like twenty twelve is when we started to get momentum with these home videos being made and all these sites going up and people really just making their own content. So over the past ten years, how have you observed that and what's been your thoughts on it? Um, it's I think the thing that's the I think that the best part about it is it just gives so many other people as you know access to to it but it also gives a lot of people the opportunity to wrap their heads around what this is and it it creates and you know it it removes a lot of the stigma from it perceived or um you know or, or justified depending on you know what you find you know kinky or not um it's really helped push it to a level where like People get involved more and more people feel less shameful about it or they feel like they gotta hide it whether you're someone who has a fetish or not or you're someone who want like a creator who wants to get into it male or female a model or a producer like it just opens it up because it's mm-hmm. so all over the place like when something like a niche or something it's easy for people just to, to dismiss it not even see it not even you know get involved and or belittle it because it's only the it's almost like it's those people who do it, not the main, you know, not a lot of the mainstream people. But now there's so many opportunities for people to get involved, for people to partake, for people just to to see it and say, oh, that's cool. And they may not even have the fetish, but they understand it. So, like, right, you're less likely to get in a situation where you're talking to somebody about this and they don't understand it, you know, at some level, you know, at some lo- some baseline level. So. I think that's probably been the biggest thing is being able to do that. Cause I don't think like a lot of the models that I just reached out to cold, which was Sunny was a model. I reached out to cold. Um, Luna was Sunday was a model. I reached out to cold um, without like being in the fetish in this particular realm of the fetish. But if what now, like 10 years ago, I don't think I'd have been able to do it and got a response, but now you do it and you get a response because at least people know about it. It's something that they've seen before. It's nothing that you got to try to explain to someone. And nine times out of 10, if you're trying to get someone to do something or work with you and they don't even understand the thing they're going to be doing with you or have their mind, have, or have a concept or, or, or wrapped around it. It's up to you to be really good at explaining it and showing them it. And hopefully you got a portfolio work, but if you're new and you don't have a portfolio work, you can't even show someone what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. So like I think that's what it's what it's done. It's 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 made it more accessible, but then also created more opportunities for people to make cool stuff and people to understand what you're trying to do. So make it for collaborations and partnerships and and relationships that that weren't 
possible in the past, or not all of them say possible weren't likely in the past. And and well said, definitely. I, I feel like collaboration is ever like it's probably the best thing that's going on in this community right now. You see a lot of editors and models like collaborating, and it's hella dope to see. Um, and a lot of models who probably wouldn't have done it otherwise, if you know, because like social media to a certain extent now is like one of those things, what is like an affirmation engine where it's just like us on social media, like this is all right, you know what I mean? Like, if it's right. on social media, it's like <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's cool, it's not, it's, it's not taboo, it's not, you know, opens a lot more people up to it. Models, I was really talking about models whether you're male, female, you know, or binary, like it's, 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 it's opened people up to this being a thing that is cool to do. Like in the past, mm -hmm. you know, I, there, there was no, there was no other thing out there. And then when I say cool to do from like the super kinky and hypersexualized to, like I was saying, like just chicks on TikTok making foot stomp POVs and just thinking it's cool. Like, you know what I mean, like it's, 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 it's it, that, I, really done it it's it's showed and like opened up the whole spectrum of what the fetish is in terms of going super hyposexualized to just mm -hmm. you know just some fun sizey stuff and, and and i love that uh we've come we've definitely come a long way from it being oh, like just being a super sexualized thing all the time to people just really appreciate appreciating the um art of it and mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's something beautiful behind that too um so it's really just cool to see people really just appreciating the art form that it can be and you know the different skill sets and overall just people just really getting into what this fetish is about and you know as someone who's had to like be low-key about it and then finding a community and that's probably my favorite thing the community that we're able to just you know openly talk about it and you know find like it it's kind of like going back to finding your tribe um you're with fellow people who love this content as well and you know and exposing it to other people who may not know what it is and you know they're learning about it so it's really really cool to um see how that process has come along and really overall just been a uh, blast to just, you know, be a part of. So um, definitely cool to hear your thoughts on that. And then, um, and then I do have to ask this question. Um, <laughs> ever since you've uh, gotten a bit into shooting and launched your um, Patreon, um, how has that really changed uh in terms of how you promote yourself because i know it feels like these days you can't post anything on instagram without it being flagged and then them just saying oh this is promoting violence uh you know when the argument is this is something that is like very very impossible but um how do you feel like uh the monetization process for you has been in terms of promotion and whatnot um i feel like I feel like it's been really good because mm -hmm. I'm active in the process and also mm -hmm. like I treat it like the art where it's like I'm constantly trying to find ways to get better at it and I don't right. know if a lot of people think about marketing themselves that way where when I run into a roadblock with art you know like I'm I'll go on YouTube I'll trial and error like I'll have, to, I'll even change my mindset about something to, to overcome it. I think a lot of people with the marketing, particularly on social media and how like Instagram and, and TikTok really are probably the worst at it. Of oh yeah. Trying to like, you know, eradicate any type of fetish stuff. <laughs> also, like you got like half naked chicks, you know, posing in like lingerie shoots and or just full naked chicks just with with dots over the nipples posting, but like pictures of people's feet are like a chick, like, you know, stepping on somebody is crazy. But, yeah. God forbid, you know, but yeah, you know, but given their stance, it's like, it, you got to think about it like anything else. Like if you don't 
if you the social media is like the best tool for marketing yourself that's ever existed because oh, yeah even if even even though the algorithm sometimes will, will will be wonky on you and they'll change you know you can find different ways and if you're invested find different ways to work inside the new algorithm algorithmic changes um, right but you got to be active with it i've had you know my photography page deleted i had to restart it again but it's my thing my whole mentality about it is like that's just a cost of doing business. If you're going to do business on Instagram, you're going to get deleted at some point, or you have the mm-hmm. chance to get deleted at some point. So you're just ready to just rebuild and and keep on going. Um, and the other thing about it too, I approach marketing myself way differently now than I did when I first started or before I started the Patreon. I was just posting stuff for free where it was, I was just posting stuff and just doing it. It's, it's a process that you have to be active in. You got to be doing constantly because you don't know when someone's going to see your post only Instagram or Twitter or whatever knows when someone's going to see your post based off their algorithm. Right. Like the more you post and the more different ways and different types of content you post, the better. I used to think, Oh man, I'm just not trying to spam my page with like advertisements or spamming page with posts. But the thing that you need to do and the reason why you need to do that, if you want to grow or monetize is you never know when someone's going to see your stuff. There are people who get on social media once a day. There are people who are on social media constantly. Right. There are people who are on social media constantly that may not get pushed your content, you know, only but once or twice a day because, you know, depending on the, the medium, they're trying to push other things out there. So, like, the more you're posting about where people can find more of your content, the greater chance you have of getting new followers, new people. And I've right. done... I've done like experiments on this. Like right now I haven't been crazy doing a crazy amount of posting and I haven't been getting a lot of new Patreon subscribers. When I do a lot of posting, whether it's posting new stuff, whether it's posting advertisements and stuff, or it's posting teasers and stuff, mm-hmm. that's when I usually get the biggest influx of, of, um, of, of new subscribers it, it, without fail. It happens every time. And I've done tests on this. Like, you know, where I'm not as active posting and when I am more active posting and it's across all the social media platforms I'm active on. I'm active on Reddit, DeviantArt, mm-hmm. Twitter, and Instagram. That's the biggest. I had a TikTok, but the TikTok deleted it. So I got to make a new one. But it's just one of those situations where like, if you're not putting your information out there, you're just decreasing the chances of someone seeing your stuff. If you're posting like once a week and thinking all your followers are seeing that, you're wrong. Maybe 20% of your followers saw that. You know, <laughs> If you want to increase the number that, and you know, the potential number of people who are seeing just even of just your followers, not even talking about new people, but your followers seeing more, you know, you got to increase the days and the times that you're posting. Like it's, 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 it's just a must. Like there's no way around it. Oh yeah, most definitely. I feel like, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, I cannot stand, like, from a personal standpoint, I cannot stand social media. Um, <laughs> it's not my thing. It can, be over, it can be almost too much at times. Um, but if you're trying to promote yourself and you're trying to, like, get everything in, in this space to go for you, well, well for you, then, yeah, you, you have to really put in the work and effort to uh, get yourself out there. I mean... It, it's unfortunate, and, but again, like you said, it's a must. And if you're not doing it, no one else is going to do it for you. No so, I mean. Do it for you, and, you know, you're just decreasing your chances for your stuff to get to get found. Like, it's just, that's just the, the long and the short of it, man. There's no, I've, I've just done it, I've done it for so long now and seen it, you know, seen it different ways that it affects the growth and or like the stagnation of what I'm doing that, you know, it's just a must. Absolutely a must. You, you can't really, you can't really know if ands or buts about it. So, I mean, it's, um, it's really just a matter of just putting in the work and really going, going all in and making sure you have that, the discipline to, uh, you need to do what you need to do to uh, give yourself the best chance to be successful. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that that's what it is. Just putting yourself in the best position, position to succeed. Oh yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Oh, but, um, we're running about an hour here. So 
I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here, man. So uh, thanks for coming on, man. Definitely was an awesome conversation to have. Um, I'll, I'm, de- I'm definitely down to have you back anytime. Um, but yeah, th- thanks for being on. Um, lots of good stuff about the um, creative uh, side of the, um, the sphere. And I, I feel like this is, um, I, I hope that people who, um, listen to this, you know, take some, you know, take some notes and really learn something about how this process goes on, a um, being just an editor or model or just on the side where you're creating the content when you're at a content content creator yourself, you know, so it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, most definitely, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And just let me know. I'll be on whenever you want me, man. For sure. For sure. I'll keep that in mind. So, um, um, before we get out of here, uh, what, where can people, uh, find you at? Um, like I'm pretty sure it's universal for every, um, service you use or platform you use, but, uh, just to put a reminder out there for the people. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. You can find me at Nike MD on deviant art, um, Nike MD, uh, art on Reddit and then, uh, Nike MD underscore art on Twitter, Nike MD underscore art on, on Instagram and, Nike MD underscore photography on um on Instagram for just all my you know my my foot you know photography and then patreon.com slash Nike MD art all one word on on Patreon man and and then and, and check out all of my stuff. There's like over a year, there's over a year and a half worth actually more than a year worth of content because like a lot of the stuff that I put there and I'll do it every once in a while, I'll add shoots from before I even, you know, did the pay before I even started the Patreon on there. So there's a ton of stuff for maybe over like six months. I've been putting out a video a week, foot fetish and um and giantess. Some of it special effects, most of it prop stuff right now. I got this new rig, so a lot more of it's gonna be more special effects moving forward. Mm-hmm. Once I get these two customs wrapped up. Like I, I, I closed all my, uh, all my special effects customs so I can just start playing around and getting better at this and, and providing some content like that to the Patreon and seeing what, you know, what, what floats. So, um, pretty soon here is just going to be a lot of that and, you know, always the photography, the POV shots and, and the, and the, the edits and the, the foot fetish, you know, content and the videos and the, and the photography and then some more blooper reels coming up soon. I got a lot of blooper footage that I got to put up there. <laughs> I always enjoyable. It. I always I love the blooper footage because I think a lot of people, since the models I work with are are so attractive, I think they think they're a certain way, or you will have a mindset about someone that you find attractive or you're attracted to in terms of how they look, or the 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 person they're portraying on film or on camera, and when you see those bloopers, you can see how many of them like have these like crazy goofy personalities, which is, which is awesome. Like you get, it's a chance for you guys to see and share what I see when I work with them all the time, you know, get to see them, the person instead of them, you know, the giantess, you know? Exactly. And that's what I tell them at the end of the day. They are, they are just people like you and me. They have personalities. They have interests outside of it. 100%. 100%. I got to, I'm going to be doing another Q. I got to do a Q and A. I did a Q and A with Kate, which really showed that, uh, you know, about her that people submitted questions for. I got to, at some point I'll have Q and A for all the models I work with. I just got to get some, sit some, set aside some time to get another questionnaire up there and, and schedule one with another model. Oh yeah, brother. Rock on, rock on. All right. All right. So, uh, all right, I will definitely um I will message you right after recording ends. So um follow up and go from there. And for everyone else, if you need you guys need to find me, that will be as always Jack the Spec at on Instagram, Jack the Spec on Twitter, and Jack Patreon.com slash Jack the Spec for that. So that being said, um thanks for this uh coming on, man. Once again, really appreciate having you. I'm sure you'll be back. Um, no doubt. And, um, and that will wrap up this episode of sizing up. So, um, my thanks to Nike MD for being on and thanks for you guys for listening and I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.